0: impressive every word in that sentence was wrong yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man this guy here is dead cross him off then
1: Listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views all right here on In the Zone Network.
0: Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.
1: Good morning, everyone. Getting up uncommonly early here on a Sunday. Good friend of mine joins the show today. You know him. You love him. Palmer Alexander joins me this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, its importance to the city, and it's on its way back finally. So without further delay, Palmer, good morning and thank you. I'm glad you let me wake you up early on a Sunday morning. You got some (laughs) coffee going. And here we are.
0: Good, good morning, Ron. Man, listen, I'm I'm glad that I'm, I'm finally uh, on the show. I mean, I was gonna be up anyway because I'm I'm always working on inner zone and whatnot, and like we've been missing each other, and this has just been so long overdue. And I and like I say, it's a honor to be on your show, though.
1: No, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on, and and also you know going back, I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to put something out on the network. I know we've been trying to do that for the better part of a year, but it's, it's finally happened. And what I love about this one is, uh, most for the most part, it's just me. So it's kind of on my own schedule. I can put a little bit in here, there, whatever. And what I found was, as I sit at home and just think about things anyway, this is really easy for me to just come out in the studio and boom, hit record. I guess when I don't have to reboot everything just to hit record and capture some thoughts and, and put it out. But I wanted to get uh, you on here for, for several reasons. But one of them is, uh, we all know how important sports are to the city of St. Louis. And I don't know if there's any, I'm, I'm sure there are, I don't know how many people are left that still think that sports don't matter uh, to the city. I think they're out of their mind. Um, and, you know, baseball has always been the focus when baseball is going. Um, and, of course, I know we have the Blues that will pick it back up here on the ice, too. Um, but baseball will take front and center here soon. But I just want to get your thoughts on, on with its absence and, and now it, it's on its way back. Are we starting to feel that around the town? And you, well, you, you've, this, I, we've only had one interruption in the sport and going back to ninety four, ninety five. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's hard yeah. To, it's hard to compare the two right now, but without baseball being there, how we're we're nearing July. We haven't had baseball in St. Louis yet. What has that been like? So you're right there.
0: Oh, you know something. Um I made a pose. I'm so glad you're open with that. I made a pose I think it was last week on Father's Day. And I realized Sunday afternoon, I'm not watching the cards. I always watch the Cardinals on Father's Day, you know? And that, it man, it just seems so weird, so out of place. And, I mean, that's when it really hit me. That's when it really hit me about how much I really miss baseball, you know, and how much I love baseball, you know? And, um, man, it's, it's, it's sad. You know, it, it is, Ronnie. You know, I, I, I go past uh, the ballpark almost every day you know, and, and, you know, looking, you know, I'm looking at the red seats, but, you know, just trying to envision people, you know, and, and, and the, the smell of popcorn and, and beer and all that other kind of stuff. It's, it's just hard man. It is, you know, but, uh, the, the idea of it coming back, um, it's, it's not a lot of people really kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, excited. I mean, I guess they kind of slowly show some uh, some excitement about it. They just, I guess, they're afraid of it being shut down, you know. And that's the thing. And I think with all of the back and forth, you know, with the with the scheduling and you know what the schedule is going to be or whatnot, because um, you know, you know, one year uh, maybe 114 games and it goes to 80 some odd games, 79. I think they settled on 60 games and. Mm-hmm. And I did want to see another season in my lifetime without any baseball. I mean, that like that ninety four, man, that was I, I it definitely turned me off baseball. I'm not gonna even lie, it did.
1: Yeah. It did. Yeah, and, you know, in and looking at 94, 95, and I can compare this to the same way I felt about hockey when they went on strike, their last work stoppage. You know, I was um if you think about it, I was more of a uh, kind of a casual fan. I'll admit it. I, I was a very fair weather fan of the blues for years. Um, I, I was actually more of a fan of their affiliate when they were in Peoria. Cause I lived right there next to uh, where the Rivermen play. And, um, yeah. I, and, and they were a blues affiliate. So naturally I kind of gravitated to my, my NHL interest lied in the St. Louis blues, obviously. Um, but when they went on strike that last work stoppage, it was really, really slow for me to come back because I wasn't as dedicated as I am on baseball. Now, I, my fear, uh, Palmer, is that many of the casual fans that kind of watch baseball, they'll take an interest, but maybe they really only interested in the playoffs. That they That's when they really tune in, but in the regular season, they don't. My my has yeah. always been that that casual fan, or, or not novice fan, that's not the right word, but the casual fan, um, doesn't come back after this one. If, if they weren't to get back and play, or if they got tired of just all the ugliness back and forth out there on social media between owners and players, that we're going to lose a fair amount of those. And any lessening of interest in the sport is a huge concern for me.
0: Yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing too, is like the, the, there's not a lot of black uh, baseball players too. And that's the other thing is that uh, there are a lot of blacks that, that still love baseball, but it is, you don't have enough players, you know, you know, being represented. And I hear that well yeah. a lot of, of Cardinal fans generate, I mean, generations of Cardinal fans. You know, I'm forty five. So uh I my my dad and 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 my great uh uncles, you know, they talk about Gibson and, and, and Lou Brock and stuff like that. So then I came up watching Ozzy and Willie and then seeing Ray Langford and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you had generations, you know, that, that, that grew up watching Cardinal baseball and, and now uh just in totality you don't see that that, that many uh you know black fans in baseball. So that's another thing too. You don't want to. You don't want to lose any more fans in general, you know. But but collectively, uh, like you just alluded to, I think this could really be it for baseball, you know. Uh, I, and I was just thinking about the uh, the Sammy Sosa and uh, you know McGuire. Yeah. You know they, they're thirty for thirty, and I watched that. I got caught up on that. I mean, it just just run on, Ronnie. But I just that that thought just jumped in my head, man. And I remember how how we were so excited, mm-hmm. you know, it felt good, and I obviously lo- was loving the game. But I, I'm not in that I'm not in that place anymore. But I want to get back there.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people do, and, and you mentioned it just the um, uh, just African Americans in baseball. It, the percentage is small, and you know when you said that, it made me think of the 80s. You know, I, I grew up in the 80s too, Palmer. I think we we probably were watching them at the exact same time. Willie, Ozzy, Terry Pendleton, uh, Jack Clark, Tommy Her you know, Daryl Porter, all you, just the list goes, you can go up and down. And uh, what an exciting team that was. And you look at really since uh, the mid nineties and it, uh, to today. And I don't know what you think that the, that the core reason is like, we don't have more black athletes in baseball. And, and I don't know, I, without knowing a whole lot about this Palmer, my guess is going to be, it's just access to the sport at the younger age and younger levels. Isn't what it is for some of the other sports like basketball and and i just go back and i look at it and i go is it access to the sport at a younger age is it um is it just is it leagues is it just i i don't know i look at it and it, makes, it sounds like there's an access problem at the younger ages
0: yeah it, it, it is, it is a, it's a combination of, of of all those things and I, i'm a circle back to uh what you talking about in, in the 80s and that was the young thing well, as far as black ball players and uh what also made me fall in love with you know seeing other black players like you know when the Cardinals would play the Pirates you mm-hmm. know when they have you know uh, Bill Madlock and and Johnny Ray and when Dave Parker was was playing with them you know just watching those guys and like I could relate to those guys you know what I'm saying uh, and watching Gary Templeton you know I could relate to that guy you know the legend of Gary Templeton my my relatives tell me about him and why he wasn't. Uh, here and, and Eddie Murray and Eric Davis and just all of those great. I, I remember watching Eric Davis make a diving uh, catch on Terry and The base, his bases loaded, and I was actually cheering Eric Davis just just because he was such oh, yeah. a great player, yeah. you know. And, and just he had such a he was you know so cool. Derek Strawberry, I hated him, but I liked him, yeah. you know. Uh, Kevin Mitchell. So those guys had such an influence. And going back to what you just last said, as far as the access, if you look around St. Louis now, right, and you know they put like the Cardinal, they have like those Cardinal baseball fields now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them in like uh, in the inner city. And they're beautiful. And I'm glad they put them there. The thing is, and it's just hindsight 2020. It's not a criticism. It's just hindsight being 2020. If If the Cardinals had really invested As far as like having baseball programs, robust baseball programs in the in the city, there would be a hotbed. St. Louis would have been a hotbed of African American ballplayers because we ate, drank, and slept baseball. Because the big red wasn't that good, and we wasn't really in the hockey. There wasn't any NBA, so we ate, drank. And slept baseball, mm-hmm. and that is the honest. That's the honest to God fact. We ate, drank, and slept it. You know, and I mean, my brother, we never missed a cardinal game. We couldn't. We couldn't uh, catch no camera from Cardinals in cable, but we were just that dedicated. And they, it's like the Cardinals—they missed a whole generation of, of 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 possible players. You know, just like you were in Dominican Republic. You know, when you miss a generation like that you know, it's there and it's gone, you
1: know? that's it's very, very hard to get back. And I think going back to your point, if there's not representation on the team, um, you know, that that, that risks, uh, you know, lessening interest as well. So I don't know, is it chicken for the egg? Um, But it it certainly seems that the team is just uh, constructed much differently than it was in the 80s. Look, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Look, the early Cardinals of the 2000s were very fun to watch because they were very, very competitive. Um, It's just different. Baseball has changed, uh, Palmer. It's not... It's not so much about situational anymore. It's all or nothing, right? There's too many strikeouts. Yeah. There's too many walks. Actually, it's going to be sound crazy to say. There's too many home runs. And and kind of that
0: <laughs> that style of play
1: has just been lost, though. And and here's here's what I think. I think this is this new all or nothing, and I call it swing porn right? You just go up there and you just swing as hard as you can and try to angle the ball up so you can pop more home runs. And I think this trend will end and we'll be somewhere in between. We'll be somewhere in between where a guy can come up, take like a guy like Tony Gwynn, which is one of my favorite players. Cause the guy, the guy faced like John Smoltz, Greg Maddox. And I can't, I can't remember the other pitcher. He faced them like over like nine, 300 sometimes. And he struck out three times combined against all of them. Right. Where are those players at? And, um, I, that's what I want to see. I want to. I want to see a guy that comes up to the plate and takes what's given to him instead of trying to yank everything over, you know, over the right or left field wall that that comes up and hits. And, and there was one inning I remember that happened like that last year where there were two executed hit and runs in one inning, and I about fell off my chair. I'm like, where the hell does this <laughs> happen? Right? I've seen this for a decade, but it was awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what else? What will what probably make you fall off your seat? If you saw a guy steal fifty bases now, <laughs> oh my God! When it, and, and, you know, it's crazy.
1: You look at Vince Coleman's rookie season there. We, we forgot to mention his name for the Cardinal in the in the eighties, but you know Vince right. Coleman was one of the most exciting players of that decade. I mean, it was unheard of. But you know, he, what he steal like one hundred and ten uh, bases in his rookie 118. year. One eighteen. Wow. 118. You know, yeah, and I think he stole over hundred the next year too. And so. um you know where is that anymore? I mean, is anybody ever going to get near that mark? Uh, even hit triple digits on a stolen base would be, would be incredible. And I don't want to compare the catchers then to now because I don't know how different their arms actually were. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a, it's kind of a lost art, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, it is. And as you were talking about that, and I know uh, a few people are going to be kicking and screaming, but I'm open to the DH now. Uh, and then the National League, you know, because I always looked at it as it always was in the Cardinals' favor. It always favored the Cardinals when they had a DH. In my opinion, I would say with them, you know, seems uh, like they're in a better a position. Captain. Yeah, it seems like they, yeah. they're in yeah. a,
1: they're in a good position now. I think they got you know they had the whole outfield logjam. Well, now you've got a place for uh, Dexter Fowler uh, to possibly fill that role. You got Matt Carpenter that can fill that role. Which I really like because then then you get Tommy Edmonds glove out out in the out in the field, right? Um, I mean there's there's a lot of things they can do. They can rotate that outfield g- give guys a day off while not totally giving them a day off. they still get to hit, uh, but at least they're off their feet for the most part. And I think that I think they'll benefit a lot from it. Um, I don't know if they would have uh, necessarily dealt Jose Martinez um, knowing that the dh if they would have known that the Dh was coming, but uh, I th- yeah. I don't think they're in a bad situation, but you got to remember, the division rivals are now in a good situation too because now they have a, a bat like Kyle Schwarber's, who's who's pretty damn good. And I hate to say that too; it kills me. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but a guy like him, who's d- defensively challenged, now you put him in the DH, so they're not they're not alone, but they're in a good position. Palmer,
0: yeah, they are. And um, I tell you something: Jose Martinez was a guy that I really was expected to uh, benefit. From having more at, at bats, and I remember like the season before, uh, his bat was so lively. It seemed like anytime he made contact, the ball just took off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Hey, this guy needs 500 bats. We got to put him in the line. We got to we got to play him." And then you see why you know you don't you put him out there every day because you know once those pitchers uh, made adjustments, he didn't. He couldn't yeah. hit nothing off speed. And that was just the fresh that was just the most frustrating thing watching my head because just of the power. And I'm just thinking, like they can use that—they haven't had that type of guy in their lineup in a long time. And you know, I felt like Goldsmith needed some needed some help. He, he definitely needed some oh, help yeah. in the lineup. And I thought yeah. I, I thought Martinez was going to be that guy. It he just—it he just, he kind of disappointed. Me. And and again, I hate as a fan you get the uh, you get the bromance for a guy. I mean, he totally it. Oh, yeah, man. well, that
1: that happens a lot, and I think that's social media accelerates that. Whereas before, it, it took some time for you to warm up to a player, and and maybe I still fall into that category, but I typically don't yeah. celebrate uh, minor leaguers. I don't pop the champagne on their career success until they actually have some yeah. career success. And and we know a lot of fans out there who just they put portraits of these guys up before they ever start. And and it's, you know, like, hey, hey look, guys, everybody get excited. I, I don't want to knock anybody for getting excited. If you're excited about a player coming up because you want to see what they can do at the big league level, I get it. Just don't look at me. There, there aren't going to be party streamers and party poppers going off just because they arrived. I, I typically, like, I like to let the wine breathe a little bit, Palmer. I don't just, I've yeah. never taken a wine cork out and chugged it straight from the bottle. I like to sit it out, let it breathe for a little bit. And that's how I approach, I guess, young talent. And I see so many people guzzling. Uh, and and a lot of for the most part they've disappointed, so
0: I reserve hey, myself. You do my, I, hey, I want to actually get actually about uh, Tyler O'Neal. um I just I I thought that he would be ready, mm-hmm. you know, by now. Yeah, and yeah. I, maybe maybe again, like you know, when he had that season where you know you hit the fourteen home runs. And, you know, I think I was just thinking, I said, well, hey, uh, you know, once, once he, you know, uh, be a little bit more patient, you know, at the plate, maybe cut down the strikeout, you know, a little bit. And if this guy can hit about, you know, 265, 270, you know, this guy can probably hit you about 30 home runs, you know, and you try not to start projecting things on, you know, all to these guys or whatnot. But the, the power is, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. It's like, we haven't seen that type of power, that raw power from a young guy in a long time, mm-hmm. and you know, guys like that are your cornerstones. And you know, the corners, to me, they've just been dire need of one of those guys. that just Pujols, really, you know, right? Um, and uh, I'm not saying this is over. He was, he still, he's still one of those guys. that still got my eye on, it. and I'm, I'm glad they haven't given up on him. But the clock, I think, might be ticking on this guy too. I think if if he if he can't pull together at to the plate, or you leave know, with his glove, uh, you know, he, he he might you know have a long career in the American League as a DH. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, his defense is not what I I have a lot of concerns over. He's very athletic and and he's very strong, and his defense isn't so much of a concern for for me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, his approach at the plate is where the clock's ticking on him. Uh, now look, Seattle gave up on him for a reason, right? Now, I I don't. I don't throw a lot of kudos to Seattle's development or their evaluation of talent. I mean, there are teams that give up on guys all the time, you know, look, the Atlanta Braves traded Adam Wainwright to the Cardinals for JD drew. So they didn't see something there or they saw, I don't know what the hell they were looking at, but, um, you know, organizations kind of move, move, move on from people all the time. Right. And, and once right. in a while this happens, so Seattle gave up on him for, for whatever reasons, um, that, phrase I threw out a little bit earlier uh, in the show here, uh, swing porn. I look at Tyler O'Neill and it's the same thing, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like almost like an all or nothing you get from the guy. It's feast or famine. And I, I really think that, you know, while I, 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 lo- I love the raw power, right? But somehow you got to hone it in, right? Albert Fools is a very rare breed where he could hit for a high average plus power, you know, when he he was at his best. And you just don't you don't find that a lot anymore. You know it's rare a player like Mookie Betts would fall into that category as well. Um, I, I don't know. you know he's I'd rather see somebody protecting Paul Goldschmidt that makes contact that knows how to hit in a situation yeah. that has a little bit of power. Um, I would take that any day over somebody who has the potential of hitting 30 plus home runs but can only bat about 240. Like I don't like that. And yeah. it's funny, Palmer, because we look at somebody who bats 280 today and we look at him like, God, like, oh my God, 280." Wow, what a what a percentage that is. And I know batting average is icky to the new-aged, uh, you know, stat heads. But look, I'll take a guy who bats 300 and hits me 11 home runs over a guy who hits 30 home runs but bats about 230, 240. That's not fun to watch. What's fun to watch is right. contact being made, action happening on the field, not every once in a while. Oh, boy, somebody's trotting around the bases again. And some fireworks are going off. No, no, no. I, I, I want to see runs produced. I want to see runs manufactured. Yeah, give me a home run every once in a while. That's awesome. Um, I just think it's, it's too much of that and too little of actual baseball happening. So, you look, it, your point you made earlier, it, you know, Paul Goldschmidt does need protection. They went out and got protection on two occasions for Albert Pujols. And if you had to get protection for a guy like that, you're crazy not to go out and get somebody to protect an investment like Paul yeah. Goldschmidt, right? Now, I think they've got some options. They've got that outfield. I think Tyler O'Neill deserves one more crack at it, right? I think he does. I think he deserves to, um, it's his job to lose in left field. And I've been saying that most of the offseason. Now, ultimately, I want to see Mike Schilt, who's my neighbor out here in Charlotte. No, not literally, but he lives on their side of town. Um, uh, I want to see him put the best team that gives him the best chance to win day in, day out by the time we get into August and later. I want to see the best team out there. I don't know who that best team is yet. You know, there's Lane Thomas, who's intriguing. There's Dylan Carlson. Again, I'm not popping the cork on that one yet, Palmer. But uh, you Me know, either. he's got a lot of he's got a lot of promise, right? A lot of potential. Is he ready yet? It's the question. But I want to see the by the time we wrap it up, I want to see the best team out there, day in and day out. Yeah, Damn, yeah That was absolutely. A long answer to your question, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because I mean, because I mean, I I, I need that. Because there, there, there are a whole lot of the, uh, you know, nuances that you know that I know that I may have may have missed. So you know, I'm glad we have having this conversation. It's good. But, I mean, I haven't had a conversation about baseball really in a long time, and I'm I'm glad I'm having it this morning, though, man. I appreciate it.
1: Well, that's awesome. Hey, before we before we get off here, Palmer, let's. Uh... Uh, update us a little bit on what's happening around the network. I know there have been a lot of guests out there. A-Train's been added. I see shows being added, like uh, a couple of them every week, and it's awesome. But uh, <laughs> a, a lot of things happening within the Zone Network, so get us caught up.
0: Yeah, man. I'm just, just turning our show the show. Uh, I did, uh, did an interview with uh, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, award-winning uh, broadcaster, Kelsey Nicole Nelson from Fox uh, 1340 in D.C. She did an interview with Rob Parker, that um, you can hear him on, uh, with Chris Broussard, uh, every day, uh, get one, Michael Lyle junior. He's up there. Uh, WCFR, uh, does news and politics up in New England territory. Uh, Holly, uh, Holly, her ego. She, she, she has an amazing podcast. Uh, I got, uh, Anthony from sugar pops. So I know you like sweets, Ron. So I, I know you saw that <laughs> post with the, with the sweet. Yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna be posting some more i'll be posting some more goodies so yeah i got i got that the new commercial so uh it feel like uh 2015 all over again man we back in the lab we we, we back working we back working and then a train show too on top of that and then um yeah man we just staying busy man
1: yeah i hear you i try to do that too and especially while we're all kind of stuck at home it's uh at least, you know, the, the broadcasting life for me hasn't changed too much because I'm in the same place doing the same thing. And, and, and me being kind of, uh, out here in, in North Carolina, away from home, uh, you know, there in central Illinois near St. Louis, yeah. um, for me being out here, like it hasn't really changed too much. Cause I interact with most of you guys, uh, you know, over, over a connection of somewhere, you know, in some way, shape or form it's over either a cell phone or over a zoom call or something else. But, um, I, I, it, what I love about this stuff, at least it brings me closer to to home. You know, I've been out here for a long time now because of work, but, um, I do miss being nearby. And, uh, so, uh, you know, to, to, to put a period on this sentence real quick. So Palmer, there are, you mentioned it earlier and I blew right past it. Uh, I missed the exit. I'm going to go back and, and do a U-turn. I'm going to hit the exit this time. Um, 60 games, 10 of them, uh, against the division opponents, right? So you got Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, right? 10 games against yeah. those guys. That's 40. And then you've got, um, four games against the five AL central opponents. Like they're not going to be playing East West teams in 2020, at least not until the playoffs. So that's 20 games against AL central where you have Kansas city, Chicago, uh, Minnesota. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Drawing a blank Detroit. Um, so not a very tough division. Um, but It's the same for our our division opponent. It's the same schedule for Chicago. It's the same schedule for Cincinnati. So, boy, what are your feelings on a a 60 game sprint? Because I don't think it's going to be as easy as what some people think.
0: No, and and the thing is that this team can't afford to have any slow starts. And I guess the way that they played last year, that's not a good recipe, you know, for 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 a sprint. And given what the AL Central, and that's the one thing it seemed like the Cardinals always get tripped up, you know, when they play the AL Central or, or teams where, even though, uh, for whatever reason they 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 may struggle against other American League teams, but the matchup they just match up better with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals get tripped up, you know. Um, but head to head in the division, I mean. The Cardinals should be able to to, to dominate. You expecting to win? They should still yeah. be able to win. You know, you expecting to win, but I think that the AL stuff, I think that might I, might, I think that might trip them up. But they just can't afford to get out to a slow start, though. They they can't, and they they have to uh, be disciplined. And pretty much, they are in playoff mode. They pretty much got to treat this like the, those last sixty games of the season. You pretty much it, it, as hard as it is to, you know, kind of flip that switch, you, you have to uh, take that mentality because it is a stretch to the finish, the last sixty games, and it, it's do or die, damn near. It's damn near yeah. do or die.
1: And that's that's do one the, of the
0: the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, and, and that's one of the strange things that I think we'll actually like about this. You know, as as weird as twenty twenty is so far, um one of the one of the, the silver lining here is that decisions will be forced quick. There'll be no more let's let matt carpenter find himself uh no because if he doesn't <laughs> like right away you, you don't have time to there's no time to dick around with that kind of thing right you you have to they have to figure it out and again it'll it'll force it faster than it usually happens that you'll have to for, you'll be forced to put the best team out there um and so that's the silver lining to me 2020 is just odd at least we get some baseball back let's hope it let's hope it lasts all the way through the playoffs and we don't have a second wave or some other reason why we have to shut down. We all have eyes on it, right? We all have that concern. Let's hope it doesn't happen and we can get something out of 2020 for baseball uh, and then hopefully cross our fingers we get a normal offseason and a normal 2021. Uh, boy, I hope so.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> you just made me think about something. My worst fear, my biggest actually my biggest drug with the Cardinals and it drives me nuts. And I'm so glad we got to this whole thing about me going on a rant and I I'm not. <laughs> but the <laughs> base no, no, running it <laughs> base running pisses me off. I hate they have the, the worst base runner. It's like uh you know, Matt Carpenter any test I listen, I don't want to hit if he can't hit a home run then I'm I'm fine. Uh He's just a disaster running the bases. Uh, he is. He, he makes me nervous. He just makes me extremely nervous. And I appreciate his service. Love what he's done with the quadros. Uh, if if Schilt just can figure out the right way to use him, he could still be extremely effective. And a very dangerous guy in a pinch hit situation, Still can be that guy. He just has to know how to use him and, and don't put Carpenter in positions to where, you know, where he can be exposed. His base runner is a weakness, you know, so he got to be able to keep him protective. So that, that's, that's my that's my rant. No, that's
1: that's that's a good rant. And most of us have been right there with you with him. Matt Carpenter's been he's been a good Cardinal uh, for most of his career. Um, you know, I think most of the frustration comes because he was extended and it didn't seem that there was a need to do that at the time, but it was done. It is what it is. You yeah. can't change it and he's going to be around, but right. you know what, this DH may, may be a good thing. And, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, look, the, the national league was like the last, they were like the Alamo, as far as the DH goes, they were the last ones that weren't doing it. It's, <laughs> done, it's, it's done in high school. It's done in college. It's done throughout the minor leagues. Uh, you know, look, in my opinion is I love the national league style of play. However, I know it's coming, and I've kind of taken on the attitude to just rip the Band-Aid off. Just get it over with. If you're going to do it, just hey, do it, and let's go.
0: Hey, but you know, it's still people still kicking and screaming about I I me. Mean, they are so mad about this.
1: Well, you know what? If we pull those people in two or three years, they're not even going to care anymore. They're going to be used to it, and and they won't care. And so it's like all the other changes in baseball. We're all up in arms over replay. I was all up in arms over regular interleague play. Um, back in the mid '90s uh, when it was implemented, look, I got over it in a few years because now I'm used to it now. Now it's just it's kind of the way the games played, and I and I don't care anymore. Um, and it'll be the same way with the DH in a couple years. It won't matter.
0: Yeah, and think about this too: with the interleague, instead of them just. Uh, carving out, okay, this two-week block in June, this two-week two, two, two block in July. They just schedule in like with everything else, like they should have been doing it in the first place.
1: Yeah, they should have been. And, and you, so you would argue that, you know, uh, and the reason they didn't do that is because there was an uneven amount of teams in the AL and the National League. There were 16-14 rather than 15-15. When they went to 15-15, then they kind of had to do that. And it was uh, throughout the year and i agree with you i think it would have been better i mean i think they were trying to stage it as a major event when they when it first happened where they they were going to have those week or two of strictly interleagues um and and that was fine i guess they were trying to promote it in 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 such a way league-wide but now it's a regular part of the game my only beef with interleague play still it's it's with these made-up geographical rivalries right like new york the yankees always play the Mets. the cardinals will always play the royals and I've always been in the opinion, like, if it's the National League Central's year to play the AL East, that's all they should be playing is the AL East. Let's, let's have that versus the AL Central once every three years and make it a bigger deal when um, the Cardinals have to play the Royals, right? Uh, because, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a flashback to 1985 when we got ripped off. You know, we should have 12 of those trophies, but whatever. I'm not mad about that. Um, I am. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I think <laughs> while my daughter is figuring out her way into the uh, – into the studio here. I think that's probably a good time for us to wrap up Palmer. But a- again, man, I uh, appreciate you getting up early on a Sunday morning and, and, and knocking this out. Joining me. It's great. Talk to you. Uh, it's great to get your thoughts on baseball too.
0: Uh, no problem. Always, man. I got to get you on the end zone show. So man.
1: All right. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. All right, Palmer. Take care, buddy. That was Palmer Alexander joining us early on a Sunday morning. Want to thank him one more time. You can find him on Twitter at Kil. You can find me at TOR underscore Ron75. And you can find this show right here on In The Zone Network. So if you already subscribed to that podcast, you will get this one. You can also find that podcast and the Team Arrivals weekly show. Just look up team, at Team Arrivals pod out there on Twitter on your podcast app. Just look up Team Arrivals podcast. The show also has its own feed out there on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public. Just look up in the cards. That's the letter in the cards. And we will uh, be getting underway with the rest of our Sunday. And it's a special day. It's Emily's fourth birthday. That's right. The little girl turns four today. So after having three boys, I finally got my girl and uh, she turns four. Love you so much, Emily. Everyone else? We'll talk to you next time around. Have a good weekend and have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye everyone.